Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. from your headquarters of the Fantasy Players Association in Indianapolis. May 21st, 2010, Friday evening. Good evening. Mike. What up? Red versus Blue. How, how is everybody tonight? This is Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. Thanks for making us part of your night. And as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And, Mike, I hear your Kentucky coach is headed to the NBA. Well, Kentucky <laughs> coach is not headed anywhere but Lexington KY, <laughs> my brother. And that's where he's going to stay for, well, at least one more year. <laughs> the rumors will continue to persist. It's going to happen over and over and over again. He's not going to follow LeBron to Chicago, albeit LeBron may go to Chicago, but no, he, he's he's fine. He, he's he's in Kentucky for at least one more year. Well, that has been the the rumor mill from uh, around this part of the country here in the Midwest, the old Kentucky home and and uh, the, the the land of being betrayed and feeling betrayed by Kentucky fans has been a far too uh, common cry for those uh, for those cats. But uh, yeah, you know what? Hold on, hold on, whoa, 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 real quick, real quick, betrayed, betrayal. Uh, we were betrayed, so to speak, by Rick Patino, which No, 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 no. Keep me going here for a second there, Scott. We were, quote, betrayed by Rick Patino, which went to Boston. Came oh. back. Exactly. <laughs> Took the Louisville job. Play it again. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> And has done nothing with it. Nothing at all. So, <laughs> we're not betrayed at all. Well, it's yet to be seen what happens to these Kentucky Wildcats for all those basketball fans out here that uh, that still tune into our show. Uh, we are we have kind of morphed into a, a high stakes football show more than anything, but we do we do like to have our uh, allegiances here to uh, you know, like it says at the start of the show, one of us bleeds red, one of us bleeds blue. And uh, it'll always be that way between me and Mike. We're watching the University of Louisville uh, Cardinals and the University of Kentucky Wildcats. And uh, John Calipari rumored to be headed to the NBA for the, if, if LeBron is, is able to go to Chicago or something along that line, I think it's the story. And then, of course, you've got a couple of uh, big stars leaving after one year. John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins could be top five in the draft. Yeah, John Wall goes one. Uh, Cousins, it looks like Cousins may go two or three. I mean, he has moved up. He stepped up the ladder. Uh, the only thing about uh, Cousins is his attitude and, you know, the way uh, NBA organizations are talking about it, it's like no big deal. We can take care of that. So, 
Yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I have heard him come down as far as uh, five or six now. I don't know why that would be, but that's uh, that's what they're saying. Well, listen, we've got a lot of information to get to. Uh, we're, we've already uh, got five minutes, burned five minutes on that Kentucky and Louisville news here. But we had uh, we have a, a lot of things going on in the industry right now, obviously with the formation of the Fantasy Players Association, Mike. It's kind of kind of rocked uh, the industry a little bit because uh, never has there before been a home for the fantasy players uh, across all sports, and the Fantasy Players Association is striving to be that home uh, for fantasy players everywhere. Uh, one of the features that we, uh, just, we we said we would be coming out with is dispute resolution. And as soon as we came out with that, before the site was even launched, Mike, we had dispute uh, resolution, dispute requests coming in left and right. Uh, and on the message board, some were posted, some were in private emails, and it's just been a flurry of this stuff. And, and I don't know if this was a, it, it, you know, the more I think about this, it, maybe it's just a necessary cleansing of the of the minds here and and of the contest to get everything above board. Uh, everything that's been rumored and anything that's been insinuated and all the flat-out allegations and all these things that have come out, look, there's a lot of things that are on the minds of fantasy players, not just a couple on the board, but we get emails every day. You see them, Mike, I see them, the board sees them. We get these emails from respected high-stakes players, and they have concerns and issues that they've brought up and they've seen. And as soon as the FDA was even conceived and thought about, these ideas were expressed. And so... You know, that's something right there that says, you know what, these issues, if the FDA is, is to do what we're here to do, these have got to get brought out, put on the table, and, and, and laid out there for all to see, think about, and feel, and then to make up their own mind what they, they feel about them. It's not enough for the FDA to decide that. It's up for the players to decide when they get information in their hands, right, wrong, or indifferent, truth, fact, or, 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 or rumor, you have to be able to lay it out and see it for yourself, and you make the call, and you make the judgment on what, what you feel uh, is, well, is the correct information for you. Scott, I, I just want to interject there. Uh, first off, uh, I, I'm a sus- subscriber to the FPA in, in a way. I mean, but I'm not on the board of directors. Uh, I'm a co-host with you, and I have my own views as far as the FPA and uh, as far as high-stakes fantasy football goes. Uh what I see right now is a lot of people that are that are concerned, very concerned about what's going on in the uh, in the world of high stakes uh, fantasy football. And I also see a lot of people that are uh, running scared, so to speak, uh, with their posts that I've seen on uh, different uh, different sites. I'm not going to name them. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, when you uh, something that you're scared of or if you're trying to come back at somebody with another post that you're trying to substantiate what you're saying uh, that doesn't that, that doesn't do much to me uh, the bottom line is the FPA I think is uh, it is for the players and it means a lot to me and uh, you know the everybody out there that's playing in it uh, so what I'm saying basically at the at the end of the day is, uh, you know, the FPA is needed, but the FPA uh, needs to make sure that uh, they have everything in line. Well, Mike, uh, you know, the FPA, again, we this was on the, uh, the announcement that we were going to form, and we decided to throw up a message board to get things kicked off and to kind of let everybody know that, hey, we are here, we are going to be bringing out a site uh, that you can call home. And, you know, we had, uh, you know, lots of people flock to the website, get on board, come on, and we had, you know, things come in on board, and, and, and that happens. Uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, I, like I said, I think this cleansing that's going on, all this information, exists, let's get it all out on the table, get it all over with, get it all past that, so that everybody kind of knows what to expect from this industry. And then, you know what? It is, a, it is I think, what you could call maybe a step back to take a couple steps forward, because at the end of the day, just getting them out there, so that the players' minds are at ease. No one, no more, no more of the insinuations and things on in private conversations left and right. I wonder what's going on here. I wonder what's going on there. Does this really mean something? What does this mean? What's that all about? It doesn't have to be done that way anymore. The FPA, we can bring it out, bring it out in the open. And the good thing that I've seen, and it's been fantastic, it's been well received. I've seen everybody cooperate. I've seen the message uh, boards from these contests cooperate. I've seen the World Championship, the FFPC, the NFFC, they've all cooperated 
and they haven't censored threads. They haven't uh, took them down. Uh, they've they've allowed them to to exist and be a part. Now I think one of, one or you know two got locked or something because they thought they run their course. But for the most part, issues were addressed and 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 pretty much resolved. Uh, now there's still some unanswered questions out there. I think we'll, we'll we'll probably get to those answers as our investigations take hold and things like that. Look, that's not our business though. I mean, dispute resolution is one small part of what the FPA is about. The FPA is here to be a home mic for the fantasy players. And so that you guys can get to know and get to experience who these players are and what they're all about. There are some very special – behind every single name you see on a message board and behind every single name you see on a ranking, a top ten ranking, or a top of a leaderboard, or in your division, or on a league page, there's a name – there's a person behind that. That person has a family. That person has a job. They have a past. They have life experiences. They have real issues just like all of us do. And, and we, need, we need to have a home that can embrace these players so that they can get to know a little bit more about these players. And that's a big part of what we're going to be doing. What we're going to bring about is, just like we've done on our show, Mike, from day one, we've tried to get you guys to know our fantasy players. We've had, we've had Wayne Ellis on our show. We've had John Duckworth on our show. We've had Dave Gerzak on our show. We've had Greg Ambrosius. We've had Jesse Heron. We've had Alex Kaganowski. We've had... Uh, We've had everybody from the industry uh, on our show to talk and to learn. Glenn Schroeder was on our show. Uh, We've had some of the greatest players in this industry on our show, and the reason for it was to let you know about not just who they have on the top of their draft board or what their style is. We had Chad Schroeder on our show. Uh, We've had Ollie Renakovic on our show. We've had everybody. I mean, lots of big names on our show, and I I know I'm missing a ton here. I'm just throwing them out. People want to know who these people are. They want to know what, what, what about them, what, what's going on, what's their past, and, and that, that's, that's what we're really going to bring to the table. Well, you know, everybody's been on the show, and, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a wonderful thing, uh, you know, from its inception. I mean, it, it, it's been awesome. Uh, and we'll continue to do that, uh, and the one thing that we continue to do is ask, good, honest questions about, uh, you know, whatever league it is, uh, you know, we're going to ask the administrator, we're going to ask the organizer, good, honest, forthcoming questions that they need to answer, and uh, I think I think that's been done. I think that's been done, and uh, I, there's something on the tip of my tongue that I can't, uh, can't, I can't get to right now, but I'm going to write it down, and then when I do, then I'm going to address it, but... Uh, I think uh, for the for the most part, red versus blue, we tackle everything in a fair and honest way, and I'm I'm very uh, I'm very proud to be a part of this. Well, and again, uh, you know, we are going to be bringing out uh, content reviews. I had a great conversation today with uh, John Zaleski of FantasyFactor.com, and here's another guy been in the industry for over 20 years, uh, been a big part of what this industry is, what it's about. And I had a great conversation with John, and just to talk to him and hear him speak about the industry, you know, it, it, it kind of reassures me that there are so many people here that we are going to have the pleasure and the opportunity to bring to the world of fantasy football fans everywhere. Not just fantasy football fans, there's fantasy baseball, NASCAR, and, you know, there's all so much here that we've got such a big task in front of us. Everybody said, man, your board is pretty large. It's not big enough. It's not big enough. We need more people involved in this tremendous effort that we're going to be putting together. And, and I'm very diplomatic about it. I listen to all the opinions and all the feedback from our board, uh, some great minds on our board. And, and, you know, I'll tell you, we've got so many reviews coming out. When we launch our site, we're going to give away a couple of reviews for free so that you guys can see what these reviews are all about and you can get to see the value. But the, the best value is going to come from unlocking the power of the players. Finding out what makes these players tick. There's some of these names you can put your last dollar or bottom dollar on their advice and their opinions because they've got a proven track record. I'd stack them up against anybody. I'd stack John oh, Rose's that, opinion up against anybody, Mike. These guys, absolutely. These guys are great. It, it, it could be a uh, it could be a, a two sentence uh, uh, email to you. It could be a two sentence uh, uh, you know posted on the message board, just saying this is what. I need this is what I like. This is what I don't like, or what have you. And you know that could that could you know emulsify into something that's incredible. Well, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a very good time with it. And again, like I said, dispute resolution small part of what we do. And, and to be honest with you, 
you get that fever and that flavor out of the way, it, it's going to subside, and we're going to be able to move on to some bigger and better things. Like I said, reviewing the content in a fair and impartial and unbiased way in every different category that we can possibly imagine of what's important to us, the players. And uh, then we want to just, you know, again, make the FPA the home of the players that they can come, learn about, uh, be a part of a community that, that is really embracing the players. And, and there's some good things going on in the industry right now. I want to talk about them a little bit, Mike. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, the um, – Well, I, I, want, I want to say something real quick, Scott. Uh, sure. I think it's very important that every high stakes uh, or whether you're just in a local league, it, does, it doesn't matter. We're all in this together. Uh, everybody needs to understand that we are all in this together and uh, we just don't you, – you don't want to get blindsided by something, uh, you know, that's wrong. So uh, I, I think the FBA is doing that, and uh, this show, uh, Scott, you and I, I mean, we, we just want to take care of everybody else that's out there. And for those that want to just, you know, kind of give, a, you know, a bad bad name to whatever, uh, well, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. The bottom line is we want to take care of the players, and I think it's a very important thing moving forward. Well, Mike, uh, another thing that, uh, and I'll close with this because, again, the FDA, uh, you know, has kind of dominated this first 15 minutes here. But, you know, I had a question, you know, uh, about endorsing and uh, endorsing contests. I said, look, the FDA is not here to endorse anybody, period. The FDA will not endorse anybody. We're not here to endorse any product, any service, any contest, period. What we're here to do is bring together information. Somebody asked me, well, you know, you're kind of like a, a union, right? You're a fantasy player's union. Are you, are you some sort of, uh, like, employee union, uh, you know, where you, you know, you're asking these guys to open up the books? I'm like, no, not at all. We're, not exactly. You know, we're not – a union is made up of employees, right, who unite together to negotiate their rights from the corporations which they work for. We don't work for these contests. The FPA is made up of consumers who want a place to gather – to exchange ideas, and to get impartial information about the various companies which they choose to give their hard-earned dollars to, their fantasy football business. And that's what we're here to do. So we're just trying to improve the industry, improve the industry and make it as A-plus as much as you can. And that's, that's what I see. I mean, yeah, well, anyway, uh, and I appreciate you saying that, Mike, but, the, uh, you know, today um, there was some news uh, on the uh, on the front. Obviously, you know, we've had the uh, football guys, they debuted their uh, new iPhone app. I don't know if you've seen this, but if, for those of you that have the iPhone, this thing does it all, basically, uh, giving the, the power of the, the football guys information in the palm of your hand in a nice application, Mike. It's a, they finally got approval through Apple. And now you you guys carry around these business phones and these uh you know these droids and these uh, iPhones and things like that. And you can now access if, if you have a web enabled phone, you can still go to it even though it's not an iPhone app, uh, an Apple app. You can still go to it and access uh, not in an app form but on their web form uh, all this fantasy information in the palm of your hand. So uh, we like where the where Football Guys is going with that content. It's, it's nice to be able to have this. You know, fantasy football to us is. Is uh, is almost it's an enigma, Mike. It, it's it's one of the best. Somebody, uh, John, John Zaleski and I were talking about this today. It's one of the best man-made hobbies and man-made creations there is for entertainment. Mike, look, think about it. Every morning when you wake up, every morning when you wake up, if you play dynasty football, what are you thinking about? You can uh, think about, I'm thinking about trade offers. Trade offers. How to improve your team? How to make it better? What's going on? What's the news? What's relevant to my team that are out there? Every morning you wake up, and it can be kind of an adventure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't care. I mean, let's face it. This is May, but I'm, I'm already, uh, I'm willing dealing with somebody in hyper two, and you know, I'm just kind of. Uh, wondering, uh, you know, what's going to happen? Is he going to accept it? Uh, you know, I can put forth another trade offer, reject it, and go back and forth. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a big it's a big big deal. So we've also got the, the news from last week, Mike. Um, Alex Kaganowski was on our show, and he talked about escrow, and we we had had these questions coming up on these boards. And the question everybody wanted to know 
was escrow. Uh, what's it about? How does it work? And so, you know, I called the guys at SFPC, and I said, hey, listen, we're getting a lot of questions. We're getting emails. Would you guys uh, consider coming on the show? And they said, absolutely. We'd love to. We'd answer any question, any and all question about escrow. They embraced it. And so, Mike, you were here last week. We basically grilled Alex uh, from the FFPC just about on every single question that we got. from We, we, we elicited questions from all the major fantasy boards, so you couldn't say there wasn't a question we didn't ask. We asked every single question that anybody had on that posted on a message board last week, and it was, it was, it was very revealing. Uh, we, we, got, we, got our, we got our questions answered, Mike, and, and there were some questions out there still afterwards that people – not necessarily questions, but opinions now that escrow in the FFPC uh, is good, and it's definitely a big step that a lot of other places aren't making. But it's not the traditional escrow in the terms of, you know, there is uh, there's there's not someone else involved in releasing those funds. That Alex and Dave of the FFPC still decide when those funds can be released from the escrow, and I think that was the biggest uh, concern maybe that we heard throughout the week. Right, right. Uh, Scott, it, it really wasn't a grilling session, uh, you know, when you brought that up. It, it, we didn't grill uh, Alex, and, uh, you know, when he posted uh, on, on his board, uh, he said, uh, thanks for the grilling, this and that. I, I think it was good, honest conversation about what is the, what's the positives, what's the negatives about escrow. What do you do? in these situations and different situations uh, regarding escrow. Uh, I thought uh, Alex brought it right, and, uh, you know, I brought up a couple things, and uh, it maybe didn't uh, set well with him, but uh, the, bottom li- the bottom line is he he handled things in a good way, and uh, it, it really wasn't a grilling. It was just it was a Q&A that, uh, that needed to be done, and, yeah. I would uh, I would love if uh, Scott if you could uh, get you know the rest of uh, the owners or uh, what have you from all all of fantasy football high stakes to be on the show because well I mean that would be good stuff. Well, it is it, it always is, and we we, we definitely uh, have Greg Ambrosius lined up here. Uh, in a week or two, he's going to be on. He's got a lot of things going on at home, uh, but he will be joining the show to, to, to talk with us. And, uh, yeah, I'd definitely like to have Jesse and Dustin. I know those guys are busy this time of year, uh, but as things get uh, roaring, uh, I'm sure they'll be on the show as well. And, again, with Astro, like, uh, the most of the response has been positive, but it has been eye-opening for most everybody uh, to understand exactly how FFPC's escrow service works. And Dave and Alex even recommended and suggested that said, hey, uh, we'd be willing to work with the FPA, the Fantasy Players Association, and allow these guys to be notified. They he actually said they'd allow they'd notify all the fantasy players if they wanted. Uh, for you know, not just the FPA, they could they could notify all the fantasy players when they have to grab the funds out of escrow. Uh, and so that would say, hey, there would always be a red flag if for whatever reason they wanted to grab the funds in the middle of the year or what have you. There would be, you know there would be a uh, uh, you know. You know, all those people would be, uh, you know, wondering what's going on. And so if you set that up with the escrow attorney, then the attorney would respond. Anytime that those funds are requested, he would respond to the players or the FPA or something like that, where, you know, that would be a nice uh, uh, notification step. And, again, hey, it's more than any of the other contests are doing, so it's a nice it's a nice gesture on their part. I think mainly and when I look at it from a fantasy player perspective, I look at it and say, you know what, escrow – is an important service, especially year one of a contest when, you know, year one, nobody, everybody knew who Dave and Alex were, but they didn't know what kind of contest they were going to run. So the fact that they were able to put up the 75K and put it into escrow, that kind of reassured our minds. Well, you know, the fast payouts last year, year two comes around, and, and now they've got escrow uh, still in place, but uh, it's not in the traditional sense of the word where there's another party involved. And the only party right now that's involved is Dave and Alex, and they request the escrow funds to be released. And that is uh, news or alarming to to maybe a few uh, a few folks that didn't understand that well. So at the end of the day, if nothing else, what the FPA was able to do and, and red versus blue here, we were able to bring transparency to the issue of escrow. And now you guys know what the FFPC escrow is all about, and you were able to make contents. They've got a great discussion going on on their boards over there. 
you can make your your opinions and, and comments known on escrow. Mike, I'll let you finish it up. Yeah, I just want to finish it up with uh, you know if I'm going to enter a league, uh, whether it's uh, fifteen thousand, uh, one thousand, it doesn't matter. Uh, I just want to be paid, and you know that's the bottom line. I just want to be paid, and you know, and every league I've been in, uh, you know, I've won some, and uh, when you get paid, yeah, I mean. You just want to get paid. You want to make sure it's right, and uh, you know that it's right. And the one thing about it is every owner will say, okay, so-and-so has been paid out this much. So-and-so has been paid out this much. And just email to or or put it on the message board and say, hey, congrats, and move on, and we move on to the next year. So that was the issue we had last week. Obviously, the other issues that we had brought up, Mike, were um, the World Championship of Fantasy Football and, and the issues that they had there. We had uh, some complaints come in that most of, mostly got resolved and at least answered, uh, which is the main thing. You want an answer uh, when any complaint comes in, no matter what it sounds like or what, what side of the spectrum it's on. Uh, you want an answer, and uh, the guys from World Championship came on and answered those concerns. But the big news that came out of the World Championship of Fantasy Football was the uh, tiebreakers, Mike, this year. Dustin Ashby, uh, the, the CEO of the World Championship of Fantasy Football, he, he stated this week that they would uh, change the tiebreaker for the playoffs. And last year, if you remember, Mike, we had a lot of conversation about that. The last year, the playoff tiebreaker, to qualify for the playoffs, the tiebreaker was head-to-head. So if you had an equal record, Mike, if let's say you're, you know, seven and four, and the guy that's with you is seven and four, you would go to your head-to-head record first to see if you would, uh, who would make the playoffs. Well, no, no longer head-to-head as the tiebreaker. It's points. Now they've changed it to points. What do you think about the WCFF changing the tiebreaker from head-to-head to points? I, you know, I think it ought to be head-to-head first off because uh, that's who you played. And then the second tiebreaker ought to be points. Mm-hmm. Well, that, you know, that was uh, that was a sentiment, but it, it sounded like what they got on the board with what I agree with was I thought that points was a better indicator of a team's strength. Uh, and so they went to a points tiebreaker this year, and it received, uh, you know, on the message boards, obviously, uh, everybody that posted, I don't think I saw one person uh, decide that they didn't think the head-to-head was the way to go. But they did make that change this year, Mike, and I think it's a step in the right direction. I think points is an, uh, is an indicator of a team's strength. Head-to-head is very situational, Mike. I mean, let, let me let me say this. If I draft, and my draft strategy is, you know, to have, you know, a couple of Indianapolis Colts, I have Peyton Manning and I have Reggie Wayne and I decide, you know what, and I'm, and I'm going to go ahead and take Joseph Adai too, and I have Dallas Clark. You know what I'm saying? I load up on Colts, okay? And I have a great team all year, but the one week that I play you is my Colts bye week. And I beat you by 300 points in the year. But the one week I played you, I had all my Colts and they were on bye. You're telling me that you still feel that head-to-head should be the tiebreaker on who gets into the playoffs? It's a very interesting Absolutely. perspective that you have, Mike. Absolutely. Uh, the reason you do that is you have to uh, you have to plan ahead for those bye weeks. You have to uh, prepare for uh, different situations to say, okay, well, so and so's on a bye. I have to have somebody in backup. I have to have somebody ready to move forward and to get as many, at least as many points as the guy that's been on a bye. I mean, that's what you have to do, in my opinion. So I think it should be head-to-head because you have to have somebody in your backup that's going to step up and do it on whatever week it is, whether it's one, two, three, four, five, six, on down the road. You have to have somebody that's going to step up and give you that game. So, again, it's a very unique perspective that you have, but, uh, you know, it's not shared by the you know, by the majority. You're definitely in the minority of high-stakes players with the opinion that's head-to-head should give precedence over points. But, you know, Mike, the more I know you, you're more of a traditional guy anyway. You're more of a, a traditional kind of old-school guy anyway, where head-to-head was really the day. You know, back in the day, head-to-head was all that mattered, right? I mean, you guys, win-loss, the win-loss record, that's all that mattered. 
Exactly right. You, you mono or mono. Let's let's go head to head and see what happens. And uh, you know, the one thing about it is uh, one of my favorite teams. They lost a baseball game yesterday. Now, you think about that. Is it going to matter in September? It could. Will people talk about it in September? Maybe not. I'll remember it. So you got to remember the the head to head games. Uh, whenever they happen. I mean, whether it's a third, fourth, fifth week, or whether it's a 13th week. I mean, every week means a lot. Every week is the same, in my opinion. Mike, can I just tell you what kind of response you're getting here from the crew here at Red vs. Blue? Can I, can I tell you the response you're getting? Well, that's fine. That's normally the response I get. So that's all right. <laughs> no, that's, that's me. That's what I am. Three four seven three two four five four zero four. We always welcome uh, the calls from the crew here at Red vs. Blue or anybody that wants to chime in on any of the subjects we talk Don't about. Call in, still chatting. Bring the calls on. Come we, on, let's go, guys. We, 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 we do have open phone lines, and uh, you know, Mike, that is one thing though. You're you're laying it out there. You're putting it out there. A lot of these guys are in the chat room, and they're just kind of sitting back. You know, maybe they got kids or something like that. But. I can type all day long, but, but bring on the talk. Let's bring on the chatter. Let's get it going. That's right, brother. We got um, we got a, we got a great crew. And for those of you that don't listen to the show on a regular basis and our visitors, welcome to uh, Red vs. Blue. You're listening to Scott Atkins and Michael Trent here. Uh, Scott Atkins live from Indianapolis, home and headquarters uh, at the headquarter office of the Fantasy Players Association. Uh, you can find them at fantasyplayersassociation.com. We'll be launching our site here. Uh, this summer, uh, but uh, we're, we're talking the world of high-stakes fantasy football with Michael Trent, and uh, Mike, we've got a, a, some other issues that have been that have been in the news here. Uh, we've got uh, the NFFC, the National Fantasy Football Championship, Mike. Uh, they have uh, just released news today that starting on June 21st, Mike, mark your calendar, go ahead and mark it down, and go ahead and subscribe to Sirius Radio, Sirius Radio 125, channel 125 on Sirius Radio. They are launching, Fanball uh, and the National Fantasy Football Championship is launching a three-hour fantasy football show on the radio, on Sirius Radio. It's called Fanball's Fantasy Drive. Uh, this show uh, is going to be a three-hour show hosted by several of the names in Fanball and in the National Fantasy Football Championship. They're saying that they're going to bring on the players, the high-stakes players, bring them onto the show and get them to talk about the contest, the industry, and ask players. Mike, we are a big fan. Anytime, more press, more publicity, and you can market the players that are involved in the industry of high-stakes fantasy football. I don't know if you heard that news, but it is, uh, it is well worth the nine ninety-five a month to subscribe to Sirius Digital Radio because not only can you listen to it in your car, you can listen to it on your phone, you can listen to it on your uh, computer, your office computer, your laptop. You can get Sirius Radio uh, anywhere you want. And to hear a three-hour show every single day, Mike, that's a big step forward. I hope these guys can hold a show down like you can, my brother. Well, I'll tell you what, that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome just to be able to do stuff like that. And I guarantee you what, uh, I'm going to be uh, – I'll be listening – I'll be listening uh, every step of the way, and uh, just uh, you know, just to learn from them, and they can learn from us, and it goes back and forth. I, I think it's a, it creates a, a betterment for the community of uh, fantasy football, and I think it's awesome. Well, so we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this dynasty draft that we're that we're seeing, and uh, we've got the crew here. The chat room at Red vs. Blue is popping. Come on in and stop by the chat room. We'll be right back. 60 seconds. Hi, this is Greg Kellogg. You know the routine. It's Friday night. You're looking over your lineup. It's either Lavernius Coles versus the Browns or Lance Moore versus the Falcons. I'm a serious fantasy player, and regular fantasy advice just won't do. I need to know, without a doubt, that the fantasy advice I'm getting makes sense. That's why I listen to Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. Catch Scott Atkins in the Red vs. Blue Crew chat room every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those difficult-to-make lineup decisions. I'll be there. Will you?
based on the value of this game. There's so many fantasy stars in that game. It will impact. I'm going to go on record. This game will impact drafts more than any other opening kickoff game, you know, that we've had because, let's face it, a couple of years ago when the Colts played the Saints here in Indianapolis, you know, I stayed in town for that game instead of going to Vegas. I stayed in town on that Thursday night and flew in, you know, and caught the red eye on Friday. That game didn't change a lot of opinions. You know, you already knew who the Colts were. You had Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Joe Adai, you had all those guys. You already knew where they were. They weren't changing a lot of things. This year, though, you know, is Brett Favre the same Brett Favre? Will he be the same Brett Will he even be in uniform, Mike? That's the other news. Apparently he had some surgery. You know anything about that? Yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard that he had some surgery, but uh, he's going to be the same Brett Favre. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I'd say, late July, early August, before you know if Brett Favre is going to be back. So I don't even pay any attention to it. <laughs> well, uh, the one player that, Brett Favre has impacted more than any single player. Uh, the, the, we're watching a dynasty draft right now, guys. Uh, again, 347-324-5404. If you want to come on and talk about this dynasty draft we're watching, uh, we're, we're, we're in the process of watching a dynasty draft right now uh, that's going on. And you, if you're on there and you've got the site, Mike, you can see the draft board as it's pulled up. And the, there's one guy whose draft value should be much higher than what it is, uh, but the fact that he has is waiting on Brett Favre's announcement has really plummeted his draft value. You got it, man. Sidney Rice drafted at 30, Mike. He belongs in the discussion with the Ronnie Whites and the Greg Jennings and the Marquez Colstons for sure uh, because this kid is ultra-talented, but his value hinges on Brett Favre. What happens, Mike, if is, is Sidney Rice the type of player, do you think he has what it takes to survive and be a – a dominant wide receiver without the likes of Brett Favre because we yeah. have wide receivers. You know, Brandon Marshall survived with Wharton, okay? Can can Sidney yeah. Rice transcend that quarterback position as well and be a dominant player? Well, i tell you what. Uh, in my opinion, uh, Sidney Rice cannot live without Favre, in my opinion. I, I, there's no way. He has to have Favre going to him. Uh and it's going to be a different – it would be a difficult situation. His stock will fall just like the market has in the last uh, three, four days. Sidney Rice's stock will fall tremendously if Brett Favre is not the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. Well, Mike, let's just take a look at um, – let's just take a look at some of the uh, wide receivers that have been taken in this draft, and let's just let's just kind of go over that analogy here for a second because Sidney Rice is one of these intriguing names, Mike. That you hate to see a guy fall like this and get value at, at thirty when he should be drafted around twelve, fifteen to twenty. Um, why, why should Vincent Jackson go before Sidney Rice? Well, look, look, you know he's got the quarterback. He's proven, you know, uh, he's got the quarterback. Really, if it's Philip Rivers, it's the Philip Rivers show this year, right? So. But let's, let's, let's talk about the very number one pick here, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, the number one wide receiver off the board here, Mike. His, his situation is, is Matt Leinart or Derek Anderson. So, that's a you know, mess. The, that's a mess, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. I, You know, I'm really surprised that uh, Fitzgerald and uh, – but then again, Andre Johnson was uh, – he, he, he went right after uh, Fitzgerald. And Andre Johnson, who knows, is he healthy? Is everything good with him? Uh, and then Calvin. So this may be the year of uh, running backs in a redraft league. Well, again, on this dynasty league, Mike, that we're that we're sitting here looking at, Larry Fitzgerald went uh, as the first wide receiver off the board. Andre Johnson as the second. Uh, those two are definitely debatable on which one you would take higher or lower. Uh, I'm more confident in the Houston quarterback situation in Matt Schaub, who, who I know I saw you trade. Didn't you trade Aaron Rodgers straight up for Matt Schaub thereabouts? Yeah, I, I got me a late round pick, but uh, I was I was pretty comfortable with that because yeah. uh, because I, w- I was comfortable with that because of what uh, what Rodgers and Green Bay has coming up in this year's schedule. Well, you've got Andre Johnson, who's 28 years of age, uh, and, and Fitzgerald, who's just under him. 
so you, you kind of think that both of these guys have tremendous value. You go on and you look at Calvin Johnson as the third wide receiver off the board here. Um, Calvin Johnson has a quarterback in Matt Stafford who's unproven. So, Mike, doesn't Matt Stafford, doesn't Calvin Johnson kind of fit into the Sidney Rice category here? He, he doesn't have a quarterback really to, that, that's proven, um, you know, um, but, but Calvin Johnson is proven. So, you know, Calvin Johnson went healthy can, is, is a dominant player. Sidney Rice went healthy as a dominant player. Well, um, you know, and I see what you're saying. It's hard to take a uh, it's hard to take a Calvin Johnson very early because it's let's face it, it's on a losing team. They're going to continue to try to do what they need to do to win games, and that means throwing the ball. Throwing the ball uh, will end up being a recipe for disaster. I, I don't like I don't like Calvin Johnson at all at that pick. Uh, Miles Austin. I see is behind him. Uh, I would almost, uh, I'd almost like Roddy White before uh, Calvin Johnson, to be honest with you. Well, and, and the chat room, they're talking about CJ having much better talent. That should cause him up. There, there's absolutely no doubt about it that Calvin Johnson is more talented than Rice. We're just trying to find the correlation between why Rice's value would fall so much when it's, when you're talking about it being dependent on the quarterback. But there's a lot of wide receivers that defy the quarterback position. Again, Miles Austin here, uh, I'm, I'm amazed that his value is as high in the minds of fantasy high-stakes players as, as this states. This states that in one year's time, Miles Austin has went from zero to hero. This is almost like a Matt Forte situation, Mike, where Matt Forte got a tremendous opportunity and did a lot with it in one year. But when you're drafting a dynasty team, I just don't see how you can skyrocket all in one year's time. I'm going to see more than just one year because, let's face it, one year, when we say one year, Mike, what we really mean is a five-game stretch for Miles Austin that was absolutely amazing. A five-game stretch from week 12 to week 16, this guy racked up tremendous stats. But if you look at the, you know, the three to four weeks prior, that is nothing special. Four for 47, four for 20, one for 49, five for 61. You know, well, he had a great game against but, the Falcons and that huge monster game against the Chiefs. But I need to see more than just opportunity and, and him taking – there was nobody else to throw the ball to. I mean, Witten was getting double covered. You've got Roy Williams, who nobody's going to guard. You know, and so Miles Austin made a lot of things happen. But is he really the number four wide receiver in all of Dynasty football? Yes, yes. And and the reason I oh, that – Oh, there's the Cowboy fan talking in you, man. No, the reason I forgot about you a Cowboy fan. The stats you were you you rattling off were uh, he wasn't targeted. How, how much was he targeted in the first uh, I say four or five weeks? He was not targeted much at all. And then when they found out that this is the guy, they went to him. They went to him. They consistently went to him. This guy is going to have a huge year. I don't know if he deserves to be. Uh, the eighth pick overall, I mean, I'm not sure of that, but he is definitely a top-tier wide receiver, and he's proven it. Well, he got 116 targets last year, and those targets really started to ramp up about week four, Mike. So there was only three weeks that he really missed out on any action. So, you know, go ahead and pencil him in for 130 targets if everything's on the same pace. But now what you've done is you've added the most dominant wide receiver in the draft in Dez Bryant. Now, again, it's a rookie pick. But he's, this is a dynasty league. You've got to be thinking more years than just this year. And Dez Bryant is the unquestioned more talented wide receiver. Dez Bryant has all the physical, all the raw skills that you've seen in college and, and him that will translate into the NFL. You know, scouts know it. And Jerry Jones, I think, knows it. Romo's going to find out. And when you look at raw talent versus talent, I think Des Bryant, if he just does what he needs to do, he's going to be the unquestioned number one wide receiver there. Well, once that happens, year two, year three, do you see 130 targets in the future for, for Miles Austin? I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of do. But uh, I'm looking at this draft right now, and uh, there's one team that just screams offensive ability. And that's San Francisco. San Francisco with uh, with Crabtree, uh, Frank Gore, Vernon Davis, uh, these guys. 
I don't know. I guess I'm going off the board here, Scott. But uh, San Francisco screens of offensive ability. Well, we can we can talk about San Francisco because you have in the first um, in the first 30 picks of this draft. Actually, before that, you have three San Francisco Niners coming off the board, and obviously that's the big three, uh, starting with Frank Gore. Um, at number 14, and then you've got Vernon Davis right behind him at 15. Right behind him. Mike Crabtree at 20. So within five picks, you got three Niners right off the board, Mike. Now, again, this league re- rewards one and a half points per reception for tight ends, and that's why Frank Gore went so high. Uh, I'm sorry, Vernon Davis, why he went so high. But uh, you bring up a good point, Mike. This is another case in point for Michael Crabtree. Again, another very talented wide receiver, only 22 years of age, you will quickly find out that Crabtree is a very talented wide receiver uh, along the lines of a, of a Des Bryant uh, with, with great hands and great ability. Uh, will he overcome the quarterback situation in Alex Smith? Not a great situation to have. But, Mike, some of these wide receivers are in that same situation. Brandon Marshall, fantastic talent, can overcome a bad quarterback. Let me ask you this. If Miles Austin loses Tony Romo, where does, Miles, where does that Miles Austin pick get you? What, what, what is way, he going to do with goes, the backup quarterback? Miles Austin goes way down. His stock goes way down, and it, it's a bad thing. Okay, thank you very much. So let me ask you a question. What happened to Roddy White when Matt Ryan went down? Nothing. He's still an absolute stud. He's, He's an absolute no, no, I agree. I agree. Nothing. He's got the capability of uh, adjusting to different situations and different uh, scenarios. Yeah, same thing, I think, with Fitzgerald. I think he transcends it. Andre Johnson, the same thing. I think you don't have to worry about who's throwing those guys the ball. They have the talent and ability. I'm not sold. I'm just saying, I'm not sold that Miles Austin has that talent. I see it a little quick turn and hitch, and he goes, and he's gone. Okay, I don't know how that happens, but, you know, (laughs) it it is. It's kind of a mystery, isn't it? Scott, I'm not I'm not sold either. But the bottom line is, you know, right now, uh, do you see Tony Romo getting hurt? I mean, I know it's I know it's a weird situation. The guy might even play in the freaking U.S. Open. Uh, I do I do not see the guy getting hurt, and I see Miles Austin being a uh, quality wide receiver on your team in uh, dynasty leagues. I really do. Well, Here's a guy that I see that I have very high on my board, and, you know, obviously uh, at pick 22 here is Deshaun Jackson. Here's a guy who, Mike, I had a good uh, conversation with a good friend of mine today, and we were talking about Deshaun Jackson. And it's funny, you know, when you see Deshaun Jackson game after game last year, he's a dominant wide receiver, right? We know that. In his only his second year, he's had two great years in fantasy football in his first two years. This is year three. And, Mike, it's only going to uh, – you ask yourself the question, well, how is McNabb going to uh, – the loss of McNabb going to impact it? Well, you know, you've seen just as many uh, Eagle games as anybody being uh, that NFC East fan. And, Mike, oh, what, happens, what happens when Deshaun Jackson – you saw it this year. Deshaun Jackson would do that little slant pattern. McNabb was throwing the ball, and, you know, Deshaun would have to go down to his knee to catch it because the pass would be so far off, and then Deshaun would turn around and go. Look, Kevin Paul. All I'm saying is Kevin Cobb is going to hit that boy in stride. Kevin Cobb is going to make Deshaun Jackson a pro bowler and one of the best wide receivers you've ever Thank seen. You. I, I mean, I totally agree with that. Kevin Cobb, I mean, he'll hit him, he'll hit him, he'll hit him. And uh, Deshaun Jackson, he's loving life right now because of Kevin Cobb. I completely agree with that assessment, Mike. I think uh, you, you hit it just about on the head. I think Deshaun Jackson is the guy that we're gonna we're going to uh, enjoy seeing. Now, somebody in the chat room is asking us to stop. So, <laughs> you know, again, we I, I said we had a conversation with a good friend of mine today, and uh, that could be our good friend. Let's move on to um, a couple of other plays here, Mike. I want to move to the running back position. The running back position. Uh, starts with Chris Johnson as the number one pick. Then it moves to Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, Maurice Jones-Drew. No surprises there. Frank Gore is next, which is an absolute steal at 14. And yep. then, Mike, you have Ryan Matthews at 17. Talk to me about Ryan Matthews, the, seven, the, the sixth running back off the board. Well, th- this was a guy that uh, I – 
you know, I publicly said on uh, on this show, Red versus Blue, that I did not like. I did not like Ryan Matthews. Uh, when when you really look at the situation that he's uh, been drafted in, uh, you got to like the situation. So I'm I'm going to set stand corrected. Uh, I think he, I think he's in a great situation. Uh, you know, when when you look uh, after Matthews, uh, there's not much there. So. Uh, you know, you pretty much have to go with him and uh, see what happens. Steven Jackson, I don't see much there. Uh, there's one running back that's very, very, uh, I don't know, uh, intriguing is uh, Richard Mendenhall. You're talking about a dynasty league? Well, this kid is young enough. He should be drafted, in my opinion, ahead of Ryan Matthews. I know Ryan Matthews is going to be the face of San Diego, but Richard Mendenhall it's going to be the face of Pittsburgh for a long time to come. That's a good point you bring up, Mike, especially with, what, the first six weeks of the season, um, not having a quarterback there. Uh, Richard Mendenhall uh, will be the face of that franchise for the, for the most part of the year, right? Okay. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to have a – it's going to be the Richard Mendenhall show. He's a three-down back, and to see him go at the 29th pick off the board, Javid Best, Ryan Matthews, Steven Jackson going in front of him, you know, I mean, I don't know. I've got so much age and so many injuries there with Steven Jackson that I, I can't get behind that pick. Although, guess what? This is a high-stakes dynasty league, too, so I don't, I don't fault Mr. Wayne Ellis here in our chat room, a friend of the program, part of the crew. He, he's put together a nice little team here with Maurice Jones-Drew uh, teaming up with Steven Jackson on the same team. Like, look, that's a lot of money you're putting on the line. You're putting up $750. You better win this league, Okay. Uh, there's another component that hasn't been talked about. These leagues, you're only allowed to keep 16 players. So I don't know how that kind of, you know, changes the dynamic a little bit, but you're not able to keep 24 or 30 in all your project plus. So if you're not able to pick, keep all those projects, and a lot of those projects are going to be released in the pool, Mike, maybe you do take a pick like a Steven Jackson when you're not necessarily worried about age because you can definitely rebuild with a lot of young picks later every year in the draft. Well, yeah, but I, I still want to. Uh, I still want to go young. I mean, for whatever reason, that's that's just my philosophy, and uh, you know, it worked well in uh, Hyper Three, and didn't work so well in Hyper Two because it's a mess. But uh, I, I still want to go young. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. Uh, listen, we, we've had a great time here tonight. Uh, bringing you guys a world of high-stakes fantasy football. Um, that We're bringing you this draft action, this dynasty action. The crew here in the chat room has been fantastic. Thank you to uh, Leroy's Aces, the prognosticator. Uh, I guess he's coming in and checking in from his uh, Mets-Yankees game. wonder how that game – how'd that game go, Mike? Is that – I have no idea. I'm going to check it out, though. Uh... We got John Duckworth in the chat room. We got Wayne Ellis, one of the best players in high stakes fantasy football. Ron Jeremy, uh, exciting to see him in the chat room. Brock, garbage points, uh, lots of guests in the chat room. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next Friday. We uh, we hope to have um, a guest lined up for you guys. Been a been a real busy week. We wanted to put something on for you guys, but uh, hey, you got a lot of me and Mike tonight, and uh, we'll we'll see you here. Uh, I'll tell you what, Scott, the, the crew makes it a lot of fun. The crew makes it a lot of fun. Appreciate it, man. Oh, absolutely. They, they make it happen, and that's the reason why we do it every week. So, uh, from all of us here at the Fantasy Players Association and Red vs. Blue, we'll see you next week and uh, talk to you soon. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team.
big news from BFDFantasyFootball.com. You could win a free subscription from BFD for the remainder of the fantasy football season. Just listen Monday nights, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Channel to Lou Tranquilly. Lou will ask fantasy football-related questions. You can answer and win a free BFD subscription. Get yourself some help from a proven...